0: Well, it's great to be here. Uh, I, I thought what we'd do is start off with um, uh, Everybody Loves a Baby, yeah? And uh first one is uh, I asked Dot for a picture of Roger when he was little. Uh, and there he is. Well, and then I asked a picture, I, asked, I got a picture of, do you know who that is? It's Vinny. uh, yeah. uh And then I got a picture of myself, and there it is. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Okay. Uh, Having said that, they were randomly picked from the web, by the way. Just just that they had, you know, they they did look like them, actually, when you go through. I haven't changed much at all from those days. But, you know, if, if I said to you, those pictures are of people who are 18 years of age, you'd be a bit surprised, wouldn't you? bit concerned, I think, if you were the mother of them. Uh, Very, very concerned, I would think, as well. But sad to say, sad to say that one of the biggest problems we have in the church today is that of spiritual immaturity, of staying a child, of not growing up. Christians who have never grown up in their faith, having said that, Some people never grow up physically, by the way, in the and the things that they do. But I'm talking about spiritually tonight. That's why some of the Apostle Peter's last recorded words were in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, and it's those words there. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior jesus christ the context of that uh, those that verse is that of a a letter devoted by peter particularly second peter of warning those that were to come those that were there of false teachers false teachers that would come and equipping christians to be stable in their beliefs so that they wouldn't be led away first peter suffering To be concerned about the fact that after he's gone as well, and during whilst he was there, suffering of the church as well. We were just studying 2 Timothy this last week in our church Bible study. 2 Timothy chapter 4, back end of chapter 3. It's interesting that just as these were the last recorded words of Peter there in 2 Peter. The last recorded words of Paul the Apostle in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and in fact the chapter in particular we see again Paul the Apostle concerned for for Timothy concerned about false teaching and you'll see both in 2 Timothy and and 2 Peter two key verses about that the scripture is not man's word it's God's word. 2 Timothy 3.16, 2 Peter 1, verse 21. Not man's word, it's God's word. Take note of it. And uh, in fact, we saw, we see there, I've got there the normal Christian life. And I just want to go through this verse and link it with there in Peter as well. And to see that this is the normal Christian life. This is nothing extraordinary. What Peter is advocating for, he, for you and for me is that of normality as a Christian. Not extraordinary normality. So the first thought is this. Grow. Grow in grace. Aim for Christian maturity. I'm sure you've been on beach missions or maybe uh, advance I've missed out on French already, and uh, maybe speak out, or Christian answers, whatever it was you've been on to this, this time. Uh, and maybe along the way you've heard testimonies of people and you thought, wow, my testimony is nothing like that. Look at the background that they've come from and how now they've got saved, and look what God has done in their lives. And and maybe you're thinking, well, your testimony was quite ordinary. Well, if we were to go go back to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, let me just read what it says there. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us, By the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. What's Peter saying? He's showing us no matter what our background was, no matter what age it was when we became a Christian, we share the same salvation. We share the same saving work of Christ in our, our lives. It wasn't a question of our background. It was solely the work of Christ there upon the cross. We should never minimise our sin of the past, whatever age we were. Now, we were not murderers, you know, we were. But having said that, sin is sin. Breaking God's law is breaking God's law. We needed a saviour and Christ came into our lives. And we all share in that. Paul was saying, Peter is saying that. And so I guess I need to say right from the onset today there's no way you can grow as a Christian if you've never been born again by the Spirit of God. And you may well be here tonight, and you've come with family, you maybe come with friends, and there's never been a time where you've come to know Christ as your Saviour and your Lord. Well, for the rest of the, the, the time I'm talking, that won't be important to you. The important thing for you to think about tonight is the Lord Jesus Christ gave his life, died for my sin, that I might be one with Christ, his precious the righteousness of God and Saviour Jesus Christ. But you know, as Christians, and I speak I guess to the majority here tonight, the vast majority, you're not to stay a baby. We like babies Well, some people do. I don't particularly like babies. I like them to be able to walk about and talk and do things with me. At my grandchildren's age now, mostly, they're lovely because they do things, they play. But the word used here in verse 18 has the emphasis of continuing to grow. Now, bear in mind I'm talking spiritually. The problem is some of us have actually taken it on physically as well. Continuing to grow. Continue to grow, never stop growing as a Christian. And if there's a great example of this, it's Peter himself. He knew about grace. He knew about growth as well. And you've only got to compare those two letters, one and two Peter, with his earlier life in the Gospels. Someone asked the speaker how he will recognize Peter in heaven. Now, this won't be the case, but it was funny. He's the man with the foot-shaped mouth. And he was like that, wasn't he? He used his mouth just to change feet sometimes. He was slow to think and quick to speak. Peter's impetuous spirit often got him into deep water. Courageous as well. But having felt the sting of guilt when that cock crew And he, heard, he remembered the words of Christ. He remembered the words of Christ he knew firsthand what grace meant and not only was he restored to his christian faith but he was also given that tremendous job no longer as a fisher fisherman a fisherman as it were a fish but as a shepherd as well of the lord's sheep fold and one of the things to bear in mind the, the, the transformation of peter here in the two letters of peter the vast majority of the time was after Christ had ascended to heaven, just like you and me. He didn't have him there, but for the vast majority. And one of the things he says in Peter, he puts the emphasis not on his seeing Christ, but on the word of God. But let's just look a moment at what growing in grace is not. What growing in grace is not, or spiritual maturity is not. First and foremost, it's not just a question of age. Of course, maturity takes time and effort. But there are many who get older as Christians and never grow spiritually. It's like the sticker. I may be getting older, but I refuse to grow up. And there are plenty of 50, 60, 70 year old Christians who are still immature who are still having temper tantrums, who are still, as it were, on the milk of the word. So it's not just a matter of age. So don't think, younger person here tonight, that, oh, I've got to be old to be mature. No, you haven't. You've got to grow in grace at the age you are now. Secondly, it's not a question of appearance either. There are plenty of people who go to all the right places, can talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk it's not appearances, it's not age thirdly it's not a matter of achievement either it's possible to have achieved spiritual goals in the past days but today we're just coasting we're resting on the past walk with God and the things that people think "Oh, he's achieved that then but are we still walking with Christ? Are we still growing in Christ? I can remember having a regular lift to work from Ray Lancaster, dear friend. And uh, one of the things I found, I, I lived on my own. If ever I was late, one of the things that uh, I would I'd certainly miss breakfast rather than miss my Bible reading. Because on the drive to work, it wasn't that long, but on the drive to work, He'd say to me, what have you read today, bro? And uh, I'd have to share what I'd read. Oh, that's, that's that's all right. yeah. And then he'd share what he'd read. And I knew that no matter come rain, come shine, Ray would have had a quiet time every single morning. He was just disciplined. <laughs> Until one particular day, I took the initiative. I thought, I'll get in here quick. I said, oh, Ray, what, what have you read today? I've not managed to read today. Oh, what, what, why is that? Well, I had to get up at four o'clock to take so and so to the airport and I, to, I was late in last night and well, just haven't had time today. I smiled, but it was so unusual for Ray. And the wonderful thing is that the things that let Ray learn, the discipline of the past is now helping him through difficult times now. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Uh, And when the difficult days come, oh that's when the difficult days. And certainly for Ray, that dogged discipline that he brought to me as well was so important. So it's not a matter of achievement, it's keeping on doggedly, daily. And spiritual maturity, growing in grace, is a matter of character. This is the positive. It's a matter of character. Dale Moody said, character is what you are in the dark. Recognition is what people say about you. Character is what God knows about you. And it's your character that determines who you are. So grow in grace. Grow in grace. Sometimes the the Lord will bring along difficult times in your life. Maybe suffering, 1 Peter, certainly the emphasis there is of suffering and yet grace. Suffering and grace. Oh, and sometimes that is so that your faith is tested, yes, to see whether it's genuine or not. That's important, genuineness in our Christian faith. So first and foremost is to grow in grace. But secondly, how do we grow in grace? A number of you have maybe had exams recently. I was amazed on our team. There were three, four, five people that were waiting for A-level results to go to university. What do you need? Uh, well, I need uh, three A-stars and an A, or, or a B, or something. Uh, and and they, they were really going through you know, three A-stars or two A-stars and two A's. And, and I was thinking to myself, it, 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 when I think back what I was like, I was just amazed, I think my teachers were amazed, I passed. <laughs> but you know, to get results like that, what does it demand? It demands work, doesn't it? Effort on your part. When you get those results and you smile, well, most of the times you smile as it were what you've got the results on, you say, that's fantastic. But teachers and parents, they can see as well the effort that you've put in to get those results. So why do we think that growing in grace, growing to maturity as a Christian, shouldn't take effort on our part? We're not talking about the grace that saves, but the grace that brings us to spiritual maturity. That's why Peter goes on saying that by by resting on the precious promises we have. This new nature within us. We've been born again. We've escaped the corruption of the world. Not because of any effort on our part, but it's God's work alone. But what does he go on to say in verse 5? But also, for this very reason, give all diligence, add to your faith... Virtue. Moral excellence. Add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. Perseverance, sorry, self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. When we become a Christian, we should show it. We should show it. I can still remember my father-in-law, Bert Chambers. I was sharing with him that one or two people back home had become Christians. And his comments were something like, well, that's great. But we'll see. We'll see. And shouldn't we see... When anybody becomes a Christian, when a person is born again of the Spirit of God, shouldn't we see? I've missed off there, alright. We should see, shouldn't we? We should see in their lives. Is this a picture of you growing in the Christian life? Have you got a problem with anger? Some people just shrug, shrug that off and say, well, that's how I am. I'm a bit, you know, a bit high as it were. I just lose it sometimes. Give all diligence. Show maximum effort as a thought. Bring it to God. But do something about it. Ask for God's help. Ask someone else to help you as well. And the same goes for other matters. Jealousy, bitterness, laziness, pride, gossiping, unclean thoughts. An unforgiving spirit. Lots of things. We are to grow in grace and we're to show it to those around. And the result, well verse 8 says this, the first result. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see the link together? As we grow in grace, we will grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in effect, the Holy Spirit is making us more like him. But we will grow in the knowledge of him as well. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. They're all connected together. Growing in grace, growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Sometimes God allows testing in our lives. I said already to bring to know whether it's genuine or not. One Peter one verse seven. But then secondly, the thought the another result is this. Two Peter one verse ten to eleven. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will not stumble. You will never stumble it prompts the question does God know who are his Have we got to continue to, to ensure that God knows who are those that are his of course the answer is no and yet all too often we know as a child of God we can sometimes feel that we're not a Christian Maybe we've done something, said something, or not said something, not done something. And inwardly, there's that kind of voice from Satan himself saying, Ah, you shouldn't have said that, you can't be a Christian. And maybe on occasions, it is true. We need to make our calling and election sure, work out our salvation, ensure that what we have is real, growing grace. And show it to all around. But the wonderful thing is. If we grow in grace. We will grow in our confidence. Our assurance. That Christ is ours. We'll never stumble there. You won't be. It goes on to say. You won't be barren. Or unfruitful in the knowledge. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. You won't forget when Christ died at Calvary. He died to take your punishment. There as well. So growing grace. Look at those those verses there in, in 2 Peter chapter 1. Grow in grace. Work on it. It's the work of the Holy Spirit, that work of sanctification. But there's your personal effort to put in there as well. Your, your choices to make. To be a moral, upright person. And that jealousy, that anger. Oh, those kinds of things ought not to be seen in us as a Christian. We just show Christ to all around and then lastly sorry about that have I turned it off I'm back with you I'll put it over there, I won't touch it. Okay. Lastly, no. So it's first of all, grow, show, and then know, then also know. Know him who was full of grace. This week the queen became the longest reigning monarch, didn't she? Now, apart from one month, I have lived through the reign of this monarch, alright, for those many years. But you know, I have never met the queen. I did write to her once. She was coming to open up a building behind our church building and it had just recently been built as well. And I wrote to her saying, if you had time, Your Majesty, you could come and see our building as well and we'd be very very happy to show you around as well. The nearest I got to her was on the corner as she turned and I waved with one of my daughters I forget which one it was now and we waved at the Queen but she sat the furthest away from us in the car that's the nearest I've come to seeing the Queen a few glimpses on the television as it were but you say do I know the Queen? no I don't I know of the Queen but I don't know the Queen and surprise surprise he doesn't know me either but John 1 verse 14 says these words. And the word became flesh. And dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. I'm not going to extend into that. I've noticed that Alan Mitchell is speaking on that uh, tomorrow. But what does Peter say? But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. The two go together. (coughs) David Shepherd, the Welsh evangelist, used to say, you can be a man of the book and not be a man of God. But you will never be a man of God without being a man of the book. Friends, if you want to grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ... You need to read the book. You need to read the Bible. I remember Lance used to emphasize this as well. I, I went on his team first time in Landut now, And uh, he got me on the box well, that first week. And uh, one of the questions was, do, do, you, do, you it? do you believe the Bible? I said, oh, yes, I do believe that. Have you read the Bible all the way through? Uh, no, I haven't. And then he'd really kind of lay into me and the crowd were loving it and whatever. So that year I had an aim in life to go back and read the Bible all the way through. Came back the following year and I happened to be on Lance's team again. Landed no open air box. Got me on the box. I hadn't told him a thing with what I'd done that past year. And he'd say to me, how many years have you been a Christian Alan? Oh, five years. How many times have you read the Bible all the way through? Once. Only once you've read it. And, <laughs> and you get the crowd. It's all to get the crowd. That's all it's to do with. But grow in the knowledge of Christ. It will only come from reading God's word. Through knowing him in the book that is written about him. Remember the two on the Emmaus Road. They came back sad away from Jerusalem. And then Jesus comes alongside and he says to the most foolish ones and slow of heart, Luke 24, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them in all the scriptures, all the scriptures, Old Testament, the things concerning him. I love that book, Christ in all the scriptures. It's certainly a book that emphasises in the Old Testament that Christ is there, that we might grow in the knowledge of Him. David Shepherd also used to talk about being inners and outers. You know, we emphasise as uh, beach missions of uh, being evangelistically minded, to going out to the world where they are. David Shepherd, when he spoke, he says, You know, we ought to be in us and outers. In to worship before we go out to wish worship. In to know him before we go out to make him known. In to praise him before we go out to preach him. And you can have all the ins and outs. That lovely hymn, Take Time to Be Holy. Take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be, thy friends in thy conduct, his likeness shalt see. Spending much time with him. Growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But as I finish Knowledge of the Bible is different than knowledge of Jesus. It's possible to have a head knowledge of Jesus without a personal, intimate knowledge of him. I met a friend this week, or became a friend at least anyway, who was concerned for some particular young people in his own home church. And his comments were this they go to all the meetings they go to all the meetings but they don't seem to love Jesus. They don't seem to love Jesus. Do you love Jesus? It's as simple as that is. Do you love Jesus? Is he the most important? Is there anything else that comes before Jesus today? I don't know if you plan whether you've travelled by plane recently or whether you like travelling by plane, some do, some don't. I wonder if you ever listened to those safety remarks at the beginning, you know, the person comes there and they put the belt on and all these things and things are under, your te- under your seat and whatever. But you know, there's a picture, oh, today, Las Vegas, wasn't it? This This week, was it on Tuesday? There's a picture there of a a plane, that Boeing plane 77200, accelerating on the runway, getting up to 90 miles an hour. At that time, when you really are thinking, is it going to take off? Suddenly, the pilot realizes that one of the engines on fire. So he puts the brakes on. And as well as putting the brakes on, he radios through, mayday, mayday, mayday. Fire engines need it very calmly doing it and eventually 172 passengers and crew evacuate from the sides of the plane they those plastic chutes that you often see, you think you want that kind of seat near to the exit door, don't you, near to the window because you've got longest, you, know, you can actually stretch out your legs, but on that day Tuesday, it was vital that somebody was able to pull that window out but you notice if you've not read recently, it says the actual exit, or the actual evacuation, was delayed. It only took three minutes, but it was delayed. You think, why was it delayed? Can you see on there, the, the pictures have been wrong? People are carrying bags. There's a fire going on. They can see the smoke. They can smell it. And yet some people caused people not to be able to get out of the exit panel because what was in those bags was more important than life itself. Peter puts it like this. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. Is there anything, anyone that comes between you and the Lord Jesus Christ Or is he the most precious person? You want to know more about him. You want to go through the script. You want to know more about him. You want to live him out for people to see him through you. Growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The normal Christian life. It's not extraordinary. It's the normal Christian life. And my prayer is that you and I both we'll live it out that we will know, that we will learn and grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ Not knowledge of even what he's done yet, that's important what he has done because that shows he's our saviour, our redeemer but we want to know him this one who is the full of grace and truth our example, we want to know him in his character as a person because one day we're going to be with him This isn't just a question of going to heaven. We're going to be with this person, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Know him. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ.